0: Self-love and loving yourself is not a light switch. You can't just wake up this morning. I'm going to love myself today. You can, but old programs and subconscious beliefs in the universe is going to bring you contrast and challenge to challenge your belief at all times. That's why the beliefs that aren't challenged are the beliefs that never change. That's me, Shauna and Nicole from the No BS Wellness Podcast. And this is episode 383 of Wellness Force Radio. can have the same brain states as someone who's done an hour of meditation every day for 40 years.
1: There's a lot of losses that we go through, so the ability to be able to cope with those losses is very important to build skill in it, because
2: loss will happen.
0: You know, you have to have spiritual courage to really grow spiritually,
1: because if you really want to take guidance from your soul, you have to be ready to realize
2: that many of the things that you're asking for guidance on, your ego has some kind of an addiction to or an investment in
0: what's up everyone hello podcast world it's josh trent your host and today i got a question for you when was the last time you took three conscious connected breaths seriously when was the last time you took three rich deep breaths let's do that right now inhale through your nose for three exhale for three let's do it three times feels good, doesn't it? For 70% or more of Americans, that time of taking the deep breath is actually never. Can you believe this? This is why on today's podcast, we're talking about the science, the story, the absolute life-changing tool set that is conscious connected breath work and just how pivotal this can be for you to once and for all sustainably transcend your stress and connect your head to your heart, which is the most important thing we can all do On the planet right now. (laughs) I'm laughing just because of the absolute insanity that when I look around, I see. And I also see love. I also see duality. But look, I know, I know we're in the middle of a lot. Maybe you yourself have listened to the show and you felt this sadness. You've also felt this joy. Maybe you're one of the people that have written to me. And I can literally, when I read your emails, I can feel the tears. I can sense the sadness in our collective. I can feel it in myself too, right? You're not alone. And in order for myself and for all of us to transmute that sadness into love, into lessons, into inspired action, for the change this planet needs, we all first have to learn, this is the key, to not absorb the collective sadness and anger and pain. Now, the only way we can do this is through our breath. Breath moves water. Breath moves internal mountains. Because after the breath comes every single thing we do. You know, when a river is flowing and it stagnates, you know, like when a river collects uh, sticks and leaves and the, and the water sits there and it kind of putrefies and stagnates. This is what's happening on a collective level, on a personal level. The breath can remove stagnation. If you've been following the podcast for a while, you know, one of my favorite phrases that's written in my arm in Italian is se posso respirare, posso scegliere," And this means quite simply, if I can breathe, I can choose. And this is a really radical podcast today about that exact phrase and quite different because the tables are being flipped. I'm being interviewed by Nicole and Shauna from the No BS Wellness Podcast. This interview, quite frankly, radically cracked my heart open. They asked such incredible questions. And Nicole and Shauna are the incredible hosts of this podcast, and it hit me so hard in the heart and also opened up my mind. I wanted to give you this gift today. So if you're tuning in for the first time or maybe you've heard my voice for a long time, I'm the founder of Wellness Force Media. I'm the host of this podcast, the Wellness Force podcast. I've spent 18 years. Which is crazy to say out loud, right? Can you relate to this? You look back on your life and you're like, look what I've done in this short amount of time. Well, in the past 18 years, I've been a trainer, a researcher, a facilitator, a teacher, discovering the physical and emotional intelligence for humans to thrive in our modern world. And it was just about four years ago now that I found this gift, this power really of breathwork. It was the only thing that, to be honest, saved my life multiple times, not only from anxiety's firm grip, but also during some really challenging plant medicine ceremonies. And it really became my ally. My breath became my friend. And I wanna give you that gift as well because it's something that we do all day long, but most of us don't know that we can pull that lever in the autonomic or the automatic portion of our nervous system. You know, the thing that beats your heart, (laughs) the thing that digests your food and fights off viruses and breathes you, Well, we can learn how to truly connect with this controlled respiration. We can start cleansing the body energetically, physiologically of really all the bullshit, (laughs) the past stories, the wounding, the challenges, the generational pain, all the things that have happened in our lives. We can truly release this. And by the way, this, the releasing, that transmuting of the stagnant energy, this is what unlocks self-love and personal power. This is what this podcast is all about. So if you yourself have been struggling with self-love or personal power. Maybe you know deep down, like in the bottom of your heart, that something isn't working in your life right now. Something isn't feeling right. I want to challenge you. I want to invite you to listen to this entire podcast with full presence. Do the breath work. It'll change your life. That's my promise, my own experience, and also the thousands of people that have downloaded our M21 wellness guide and also in our Breathe breath and wellness program. By the end of this podcast, my guarantee to you, if you've had any questions about the head-to-heart neurosomatic connection of breathwork and emotional intelligence, this episode is for you. You're going to understand my hero's journey with breath, a ton of resources and actionable advice. You'll also understand how to connect with yourself through breath and your heart. You'll see why breathwork gets to be in your life with an easy easy, simple access point to the Breathe Breath and Wellness program, the 21-day program I created for you. It's the most exciting project I've ever done since I started this podcast in 2015. And this show with Shauna and Nicole is really going to give you the inspiration to start inspiring yourself, to not depend on other people because, look, you hold the power. You always have. It's just an illusion that you don't. And because you're here on this special show listening, I want to give you a huge gift. It's 50% off the Breathe Breath and Wellness program. I told you I wasn't going to do it again, but this one just became ever-present when I really felt the collective recently. Enter the code PODCAST50. That's PODCAST50 over at breathwork.io. And when you enter PODCAST50 at breathwork.io, if you're the kind of person that is dealing with chronic stress and you've had a real struggle sitting or meditating or just being still with yourself... This program was built for you. It's my gift to you, this three-week program where I guide you personally, step-by-step on exactly everything you need to know, A to Z, to use your breath and also to use the power of safe vape Cannabidiol, activating the endocannabinoid system, the central nervous system, the enteric nervous system. So take another breath with me now. Maybe that's the first time all week or month that you've reminded yourself to take one. And if you're feeling this podcast, go to breathwork.io and enter the code podcast 50. You get 50% off this limited time, one time really discount that I can offer you. We're adding some new programs, some new videos, and some new modules into the breathe program. So I won't be able to offer it at this price forever. But if you're here, it's a sign. Go to breathwork.io and enter the code podcast 50. Share this podcast share this podcast with someone who is struggling with self-worth, self-love or stress. You have no idea, by the way, you have no idea if you just share an episode, how your act of generosity can change lives. Now let's tune in with Shauna, Nicole and me.
2: Hello, Josh. Thank you for coming on the podcast today.
0: This is so cool. I'm glad I get to be here and explore no BS. Thank you. Yes.
2: Yes, we love it and we are so excited to learn from you being in the wellness world for as long as you have been all all that you know. So, first off, we want to start with just tell us about yourself and how you got into wellness.
0: Um I got into wellness because I wanted to thrive. I wanted to have a great life and I wanted to live my life well, but the only way that I could do that was by unpacking all the things, programs, subconscious programs, mental programs, um learned behaviors from parents and society. I had to spend a large majority of my life unlearning those things, which many of us are doing right now in a very accelerated fashion, especially with the um, health concerns in the world and, and the propaganda and media. So to pull the lever way back, I was born to a mom that had bipolar disease and my dad left when I was super young. So I guess my soul came to this world and chose a really challenging path on purpose so that I could understand the contrast of what it means to really live well, because when I came in, um, it was really challenging. You know, I I was raised on welfare, which means um, government cheese and kick cereal and no produce and just horrible food. And this is in the 1980s. And then in the 90s, I found a drug called food because I started having all these emotions that I didn't know how to deal with, Um, anger and frustration and sadness and disappointment. And, um, looking back and I've done a lot of work to connect with this young, young version of Josh, just really what he needed was to be heard and to be held. And I think that's what we're all either dealing with and acknowledging or not. And so flash forward without the proper tools, either mentally and physically, I'm 21, I'm 280 pounds. I'm in a job I hate. I'm in a relationship I don't like, um, my physical body is 280 pounds. So like you could say I was ripe for transformation, right? And I, um, I love Gay Hendrix. He has a great way of explaining this, this part of the hero's journey, because we all go through this. The universe sometimes tickles you with a feather, and sometimes the universe smashes you with a hammer. And that happened to me when I was at a party once. And when I was 280 pounds, I was about 22 years old. And I looked down and I saw this belly, and I had a beer in my hand. And I, I just it's the first time I've ever connected with a higher power. Not a bearded dude in the sky, but I'm saying like a higher power. And I just felt this message come through. And the message said, there's more to life than this. There's more to life than feeling angry and and taking drugs and drinking and doing all these things that are hurting. And so I just slammed the cup down and I ran home drunk. I think I ran like three miles drunk home. And I typed in the computer, like, how do I be healthy? How do I lose weight? That took me on an 18 month journey of gaining 100 or losing 100 pounds, then gaining 60 back and then uh, doing low carb and Atkins and paleo and all this stuff to really just be like so frustrated that I left. I left San Diego. I left my mom's illness, my relationship with my father, just kind of like the the drug and alcohol and just really not well culture that was here at that time. And I surfed in Hawaii and I hiked and I fished and I moved to Oahu and I really just started to understand like who's Josh? Like what's Josh all about? What does he actually want? Um the, the strings from my past were strong and they came from scarcity. They came from um, self-hatred and they came from disappointment. And that was mirrored to me by my mother and father, which in a way was also mirrored to them by their mother and father. Ellen Alan, Alan Watts, the famous philosopher, calls it all wretch and no vomit. We're all teaching each other the same things that are harming us over and over and over again, generation to generation to generation until it lands in the lap of a man or a woman who's just really ready to change it, you know? And so that's what led me into the fitness industry. I thought, okay, if I take control of my physical body, then I guess things will get better. And and it did get better for 10 years, but there was a dark part of my emotional and my spiritual and my mental health that was never really able to be shined light on because I was just so busy shining light on other people all the time as a trainer. And after that, I just got so frustrated with how I felt. I didn't know about the unconscious wounding that I had um, from the age of 33 to 35. I worked in corporate America. I went back to corporate America because I wanted a, quote, safe job, committed spiritual suicide, then got the gift of being fired. And when I got fired, it was the most scary and also most liberating day of my life And then here came the hero's journey again. I got fired from a job that I didn't want to be in anyways. I was forced to uh, put my mom in a mental home at that time. And I broke up with my girlfriend at the time, all in the span of a few months. And so universe, God, spirit, higher power, whatever you want to say, was literally pressing me physically against a brick wall and asking, if you really want your dream, now's the time. If you really want to live well and have wellness force be a real business, and if you want to move this forward, you have to do this now. There is no way out. And I just made a decision at that moment. I was like, I would actually rather die than go back. I would rather die than go back to what was before because I can't do that ever again. And that's been my north star ever since. You know, among many other things. But um, and that's what brought me here to you, right? That's what brought the podcast was just having like three big dark nights of the soul. And then going through that and really understanding like, hey, when I made the decision to die, I really just chose to let that old life die and connect with something outside myself so so I can actually use sustainable fuel to move me forward instead of anger and frustration and trying to white knuckle the whole thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think? Because I um, just, your story resonates with me so much. And I see pieces of my story and yours. Um, but I also always marvel at stories like this, um, because the way that we have been raised so many of us in society, and you sound very similar is that you may feel that, but how, like, what made you say okay and i would rather die and so i am actually going to make that choice though of mm-hmm. letting this old life die and yeah. doing doing this thing because i think sometimes it would be easier to in a sense just like let your soul die one day at a time mm-hmm. because what society tells you is it's better to have like go out and just find another safer job or you know what it is a lot of work to to lose that weight and i just like really like this food and whatever everybody else is is bigger now. So I'll I'll just continue down that path. And it's like in many ways it's harder, but it's also so much easier to stay in in, you know, the current paradigm that you're in.
0: Yeah. Gosh, there's so much what a great question. There's like so much there that I I don't know if the two of you have seen the movie Braveheart. Have you seen Braveheart, the movie? So do you remember, and for everyone with us, do you remember when William Wallace was in front of the crowd and, and the guy said, well, we, we're not going to fight these, this oppression and this tyranny because if we do, then we're not going to live. And he says, yeah, y- you may live for a while, but many years from now, dying in your beds, you'll be willing to look back and give anything for just one chance, for just one chance to come back here and tell your enemies that they can take your life, but they're never going to take your freedom. And that is exactly this is the same feeling I got right now. And I know you both felt it. You both remembered it because movies are the, are the archetype that live inside of all of us. And the answer to your question is that the more to the degree you're connected with your internal archetype and to the degree you've gone through enough exploration of pain and contrast and shadow and wounding. And I'm not talking just woo-woo here. I mean, this is legitimate psychological physiological, psychosomatic connection of head to heart. If you look at at Dawkins work and Hawkins work, they're always at odds. If you look at Bruce Lipton or Joe Dispenza, I mean, there's so many people. I really, I have to tell you, I I really love this question for so many reasons because you're getting right to the core of, of what makes people shift. And what makes people shift is there's a simple axis. It's not easy, but on this axis, there's pleasure and there's pain. And when people go through enough pain based on their unconscious explored wounding or maybe their current experience of what wounding is actually here, maybe it's financial, um, societal, relational, all these different woundings. There's either internal wounding that's stored in the subconscious or there's current wounding that's going on from a bad job relationship or environment. To the degree that those things are either still in the system or still in the mind of being processed, that is what makes people say enough enough is enough. I do not want to be in this body anymore. I do not want to be in this relationship anymore. And you know what that feeling is? That feeling of enough, that's self-love. Self-love is what makes us change. It's not anger. Yes, anger is more um, powerful than despair. If you look at, at Hawkins' ladder of emotions, despair and shame are the lowest frequency. They're the lowest measurable scientific frequency of energy. Anger is a higher frequency than despair. So I get it. Anger is a short-term motivator for people to say, F this, I'm not living this life anymore. I will change because I have experienced so much pain and so much contrast that I can't do it anymore. And and that's the long answer to your question. But the short answer was, I was at my friend's home, just starting the podcast, 2015. Mom was in a mental home, just broke up with um, my girlfriend at the time doing my first couple episodes on the podcast on a rickety cheap plastic computer stand in my friend's spare bedroom that I couldn't even pay him for because I was that broke. That's where the seed of change was planted. It was not some kind of perfect garden. And I think a lot of people are waiting till their external situation gives them the evidence that they can change when really, unfortunately, it doesn't have to be this way. Unfortunately, for so many of us, we only change when the pain is so great that finally the love for ourselves trumps the pain that we're feeling.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's it's harder to change when you are in a situation that's just okay. Yes. <laughs> what, have you, yes. what have you seen in this year? Because it's been harder for people to be in a situation where it's just okay. What what have you seen in all the work that you're doing now for people when it comes to this topic?
0: I'm just so I'm so. What a great podcast you both have because you just ask really perfect questions for what the world needs. Like when you were asking that, I was breathing in and I was exhaling out because I was feeling the emotion of what you were asking. Because the emotion of what you were asking, and we know that if you look at psychological models, a feeling that we have is really just pointing down to an emotion. An emotion is energy in motion. So an energy in motion that I'm feeling can either come from myself or it could come from the collective unconscious, right? Um, Gretchen Rubin talks about emotional contagion. So we can catch emotions and feelings from other people, but we can also catch them from the collective unconscious, which Carl Jung writes about. So within the collective unconscious right now, there is fear, there is despair. There is self-hatred. There is us having to look in a mirror about how the patriarchy has treated women, about how men have treated women, about how women have given away their power and about how men actually never had power. They were just using force to put it in place, but force isn't trustable. Power is trustable. So that's really what's happening in the collective unconscious right now. And, And really the change that's being called, we're being called up the mountain, We're being called up the mountain as mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters and podcasters. Everyone is looking at the mirror because 2020 is the year of the mirror. It's the the year that we have to look at ourselves and we have to see what we've created. We have created a unconscious capitalistic model that squeezes as much water out of the towel as it possibly can at all times. And the only way we're going to get through this is if we take a deep breath, start connecting back into our bodies, start having real conversations with people that care. And really take an honest look at what we've created. We're essentially children with our hand in the cookie jar that just got smacked. And instead of pausing to feel the pain, we're just going for more cookies. It's, it's utterly ridiculous what's happening right now in the world. And I think we all are being forced to pivot and change. And, and I really believe this. And I don't need to mean to paint a dark picture. We're going to have to go through a lot more pain. We're going to have to go through a lot more pain before people wake the F up the only way that's going to happen is through pain unfortunately it's or that's not true the, it's not the only way it's going to happen but it's like i see it as possibly the inevitable way that it'll happen we could essentially get a download from an alien or god or something and and something could come in and and wake us up i just don't know if that's going to happen so the only thing i can control is is what i put out into the world and i know that was kind of a long answer for your question i'm not even sure if i totally answered your question but that's the starting point for for what you asked
2: yeah no no i think it it's exactly right it's just the if you have any sort of kind of um feeling towards energy around you you feel that energy of despair and of you know sadness and anxiety yeah. and fear and all of those things and and a lot of people just in the practical world are losing their jobs or are you know things that were once um ways to make them feel just okay or like cover up what's underneath are no longer there and so you couple of those things together and i just feel like it's an explosion of everybody just feeling worse maybe than they did before so i'm just yeah. curious like what And you were answering it there in terms of how you've experienced it. And I'm wondering Mm -hmm. if there are certain things that you found that have been really helpful for people in this time right now to kind of go to where you're talking.
0: Yeah, everyone, I I actually do both. I I, I use a journal, but I also use Evernote. And so it's been really healing and really powerful for me because what I'll do is, um, and I'm always thinking about new frameworks. I never just use a template and and stick that template for my whole life, but I do a process, what's called an emotional inventory and emotional inventory is powerful because what you do, it's very simple. Now it's not easy, but it's very simple. You draw a line down the middle of a paper on the left side of the paper, you write 10 things that you truly love. And I'm not saying like you just tick boxes. Like I love cornflakes, you know, like you actually have to Put down 10 things that you love and appreciate about your life. On the right side of the paper, you write 10 things that are causing you the most pain. It could be internal or external. And then you take a deep breath. You sit with it. You meditate. You do some some breath work, which I'm excited to talk to you about. And then after that, you do the most courageous thing. Because courage is actually the transformative emotion between lower self and higher self. Courage is what gets us from lower self to higher self. And you can break it down scientifically or spiritually. It means the same thing. We're either in despair or we have the courageousness, the courage to go towards our dream and towards really what is love. Our dream is love. That's what fuels us, right? So in this process, I then go to the most courageous thing after I've done what I told you. And I, I reach out to someone, someone that I trust. And this is, has to be vetted very carefully. Um, someone that has has supported your dreams in the past and that actually breathes life into your dream. So don't tell this to a person that says, "Ah, oh, you'll never do that. You call this person, and you say, hey, Nicole, I'm, I just took an inventory of my life. Can you hold space for me for two minutes while I just share with you what I'm super grateful about, the one thing I'm most grateful about? And can I share with you the one thing that I'm committed to changing? And they'd be like, first of all, they'd, if they're a good friend, they'd be like, whoa, sure. <laughs> they would just support you, you know, of course. And you tell them like, I'm having a really hard time in life. There's like 10 things that are causing me pain, but I really sat with myself and, I, and I've just chosen today is the day I will begin working on letting go of the one thing that's causing me the most pain. And I just wanted to call you and tell you about it. And maybe just the fact that you do that might make you cry, it might make you um, have like a feeling of emotion that was dormant, you know, just taking that inventory is so powerful because it will allow you to actually begin where you are. Everyone's looking for the perfect starting point. There's no such thing. The perfect starting point is wherever you are. That's the perfect starting point. So so that's what I would say to people is start there. Then from there, start to gather the evidence, the accountability, the coaching, the programs, the podcast, and put all those things into your experience so that then as you move forward to let go of the thing that's causing you the most pain, that you have like community and family and team to help you and and guide you along the way.
1: I love that tool. Um, I feel like it uh, could have been very helpful in other parts of life, but I'm also very um, excited to have that. Um, But as a follow-up question to that, I know this is something that immediately triggered for me personally, although I'm sure it is for a lot of other people. Mm. How do you um, identify that person and then have enough, like, how do you drop the bullshit of needing to be perfect?
0: Okay. I can do this for all of us. If if y'all will trust me for two minutes, I can take us there. Yeah. Yeah. So you're doing all the things. You're eating well. You're minimizing eating anything but organic. You're breathing, you're moving, you're sleeping, you're doing all the good things. But here's the question Are you actually getting the quality nutrition that your body deserves and that it needs? It's what provides us with energy every day. And when we don't give our body the nutrients that it needs, we feel it. I know I do. Lacking motivation, the monkey mind comes up, I get stuck in ruts, drag ourselves to work, back and forth. You get it. You don't need to hire a nutritionist, though. You don't need to live at the gym either. Actually, all you need is about two minutes a day. And um, our sponsor, Organifi, can help you with the rest. Morning, noon, and night. These Organifi superfoods have your micronutrients covered. The green juice has 11 detoxing superfoods moringa, chlorella, ashwagandha, wheatgrass, coconut water, a ton more to bring your energies up and your cortisol down. Then in the afternoon is the red. The red juice is my favorite. It's what I do before a workout. It's got the adaptogenic herbs and mushrooms, so you can get that extra boost of nitric oxide. And then at night, I go with the gold. The gold makes me sleep really good. It's got lemon balm, which is calming and soothing. Go to Organifi.com forward slash wellnessforce. You can get this sunrise to sunset pack. They have the green, the red, the gold. For a huge discount, you get 20% off. Wellnessforce is the code. Organifi.com forward slash wellnessforce. Try the green, the red, the gold in one day. I promise you, you'll feel better because that's how it makes me feel ganifycom forward slash wellness force. Make sure you use the code wellness force to get 20% off and share it as a gift to a friend.
1: How do you drop the yeah. bullshit of needing to be perfect? Because-
0: okay. I can do this for all of us. If, if y'all will trust me for two minutes, I can take us there.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Okay. So you just take your left hand, put it on your heart, take your right hand, put it on your stomach. And close your eyes and relax the muscles in your face. If you're in a car right now, don't do this. Pull over (laughs) safely, right? Um, Take a big breath in through your nose and fill your belly with air. Okay? So hold that for three seconds. And when you let it go, make a sound out of your mouth. (sighs) Do that three more times. Two more times, but really fill your belly. There's a balloon behind your belly button. Last time, really feel the warmth of your hand on your heart and send yourself some love as you breathe in through your nose. Now let all the stress go, all the judgment go. Just go back to your normal breathing. Keep your eyes closed. Relax your face. Maybe roll your neck a few times. Feel the gravity of where your body is in its chair. And just for a moment, just be grateful that you're still here. Just be grateful that you're still in a body. As you keep breathing into your nose and your heart, ask yourself when you were young, what did you love? Who Who could you trust? Who could you really, really, really trust? And whoever you could really trust Take a snapshot of that feeling. Who could you really, really, really trust? Who did you love? Who could you trust when you were that young, when you are a little girl or a little boy? And now take a quick scan of your life today. Who gives you the same exact feeling? Who can you love? Who can you trust? And the answer is bubbling up now. And then when you're ready, you just open your eyes slowly. And that's who you start with. you start with that person, whoever came to you in the stillness, whoever came to you once you turned off your default mode network in your brain that's what we just did. that's what breathing does. It turns off your your default mode network. The default mode network is who can I not trust So when we turn off the default mode network, we start tuning into our somatic system and we and we really feel in our body who we can trust, and that person bubbled up for all of us right now. I mean. For me, it was it, what came up for me was my brother, my mom, and my lady, my partner. That's it. You know, those are the three people that I could trust in that moment. Doesn't mean that that won't change, but but that's where we start. So, those are the two things that we can do.
2: I love that. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> Shanna's crying because she's a very emotional person. Yes. It's good for her. <laughs> I feel I all See, of in the See, That's
0: love. Crying is love. <laughs> yes. Cry- crying is love. It's beautiful.
1: Yes. I texted my brother because I. Even though the entire time I'm like, this is so depressing. I burned through watching the crown. And then this morning I told my brother that I was crying because I was thinking about Princess Diana and <laughs> how lonely she had to be while married to <laughs> Prince Charles. Yeah, yeah. So I feel a lot of things, <laughs> past and present, apparently. Right
0: and it's an honoring of that too, because um, sometimes we just get to cry and we don't need to care where it comes from. It doesn't matter. We don't always have to know where our tears come from. Like, it's just beautiful that they're just there, you know?
2: Yeah, okay. I love so, that. And yeah, I know yeah. we're going to, um, and I love what you shared in terms of the journaling exercise, which I found recently, journaling has been really helpful for me to, to connect because I I am the opposite of Chiana. I've disconnected from my emotions so much that I can't feel them on command. Um, and I also love the the breath exercise. And I know we're going to talk more about that. Yeah. That is- um, You're a, you're a good you team
0: then. it's like It's like yin-yang, <laughs> right? Like you can- yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's beauty on both sides, by the way.
2: Yeah. I think it's interesting because
0: so many people are like, um, I'm noticing that I am this way or I'm noticing that I'm that way. It's like there's gifts in both. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 I think loving yourself is is the the hardest part, but the that's basically this podcast.
0: If everybody can just get this one thing, start to do self-love work and we can talk about that too. That is that is actually everything. If I could go back and, and put a little piece of paper in my pocket. When I was like 17, I'd be like, hey, when you start hearing about self-love, pay attention. I would just, I would just say that one
2: thing. Well, let's go there. Like what, yeah. yeah, Tell us about, about what you, what tools you found in that, in that area.
0: Um, the, so from, from what I can see and from what I can feel the, the element of self-love is um, the reason it's not talked about in our society? It's beginning to be more talked about, but the reason it's placated, and, and Michael Pollan calls them um, like platitudes, right? Like we have these social media memes where it's like, love is all there is. And on some level, we get that, but self love and loving yourself is not a light switch. You can't just wake up this morning, like, I'm going to love myself today. You can. But old programs and subconscious beliefs in the universe is going to bring you contrast and challenge to challenge your belief at all times. That's why the beliefs that aren't challenged are the beliefs that never change. Just let that land for a moment. When I heard that once, I was like, oh, okay. So if I can have a belief and have it know that it's good for me and know that my belief is creating the external circumstance that I love, then I don't need to challenge that belief because it's giving me the result I want. But if I don't have a result I want, it is 100% connected to a belief that's not been challenged yet, period. We all create our own reality, right? Um, And so that's the pre-frame for what I'm going to share with you about self-love. Self-love is a practice and a choice. And self-love is not something that we can just get inspired to do one day. We can get inspired to start it. But there's a framework for this, and and it's in many emotional intelligence trainings, and the framework is be, do, have. And maybe you both have heard of this before, the be, do, have model. So most people and how our society is shaped, and this was my exploration going back to your question, right? Because the question was, how have I found this? The way that I found this is because I've done so many book reads, podcast listens, paid with coaches, paid with mentors, gone to events, done inner child work and shadow and I've done all these things and, and, and I'll continue to do whatever is called to me. But the one thing that all of this points towards at all times is, and can we curse on your show or is clean oh, show? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the clean show? Okay.
1: curse.
0: The one, the one thing that everyone's not doing is no one's owning their shit. You have to own your shit and you have to love your shit. Just like you love your partner or your mother, or your father, or your brother, or your sister. It's the same thing. When Gay Hendrix told me this on a podcast four years ago, I was so like, not ready to hear him. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Love my, f-. he told me to love my fear. And I was like, how do I love my fear? What do you, what, what is that? And he's like the same way that you feel, you know, the process we just did where I, where you had asked, how do I trust someone? It's the same thing with whatever thoughts are looping, whatever results we're having. How can we love exactly where we are, not in a BS spiritual bypassing woo-woo way, but in like a legit psychosomatic connected? How can I love where I am? Because whatever contrast I'm receiving is trying to be putting me in order. It's chaos pushing me in order. So what I found through all these things that I was mentioning to you, the books, the podcasts, the lectures, the, and the groups, I did emotional intelligence training where we we're like screaming at each other and, <laughs> you know, like ego, ego, um, disillusion work and, and, and all this stuff. And what I found about the self-love was that in, unless I'm really living in my body, unless I can actually live here, like be comfortable here, um, nothing else will come no, no other kind of love or healing can come if i don 't feel like I actually love where I live because I love where I live because it's it 's all that I have actually it 's all that we uh, it 's all that any of us have i can 't live in your bodies you can 't live in mine um, you can get thought contagion from me and I can get thought contagion from you, but i can 't live in you we, we have to love that we live inside of ourselves, even if that means we have cancer we have um Crazy diseases, all these things. And that's the real beast. I mean, I haven't had any of those serious things. I've had my own health issues, but the real work comes when you have to take ownership for the organ or the disease that manifested inside of you because you weren't willing to own your shit. And people might say, wow, Josh, that's pretty judgmental. That's pretty harsh. That's pretty insensitive. Maybe, maybe you both have friends or maybe somebody's listening that's had cancer or a disease. The more I lean into this work of self-love, the more that I realize like, yes, sometimes there is chaotic events. Sometimes there's things like Hiroshima or, you know, these power plants that give people cancer and that's real. I don't necessarily know that hundred percent those people chose that. I think there is things in this world that we can't ever explain. We just have to give that up to God. But I think on the whole, not always, but on the whole, I think that these emotions manifest physically for us. And so everything, in the long answer of your question, every single thing that comes our way is leading us back to do we love ourselves and are we loving being in this body? Because we're not the body. And so if the body doesn't want us in it because we don't love it, then it's going to try to get us out of it. And that might have been a little advanced, but I can go deeper if you'd like me to.
2: I think it's, I think it's fascinating because... I have personally experienced this on a very, very minor level compared to somebody who has cancer or something like yes, that. But yes. I'm thinking back to my 20s when I was in college and drinking all the time and doing stupid stuff and yes. I was sick so often. And mm. I was just reflecting the other day, especially with everything going on with, you know, the health scares that everybody is going through during this pandemic. And oh, yeah realizing that like, I haven't really been sick in a long time. And I guess Mm. for me, that was where you, when you said that I went to, because I think it is because of the work I'm doing on myself or, you know, the things that I'm trying to do to, to love myself.
0: Yeah. Because the, and I don't know what you've done just probably been quite a bit in order to hold space for a conversation like this. But, um, when you did have the sickness stuff, what was it? What, What was it like? Flu, like, colds.
2: Yeah, exactly. Just like constant, like little things like that, right? Or just like not feel like headaches, like just little things, you know?
0: Yeah. Because really what we're doing um, when we're partying and when we're drinking and when we're doing all these things is we're just, we're just trying to get away from the sad. We're just, we're just sad about something and it could be real deep. It could be not. P- people are just sad and they're depressed. And so, you know, when think about respiratory, there's in Chinese medicine, the the lungs is like sadness and depression and grief. So if you're getting sick and you have a respiratory issue, the reason that that happened is not necessarily because the organ itself was trying to make you sick. But to flashback to your college years, when you're drinking and partying and all these things, there was a part of you that just wanted to experience um, hedonism, right? You just wanted to be like, yay. but probably if you checked in and I don't want to project onto you because I could be wrong, but I think for the most amount of people, it's because there's sadness there. It's, it's like you're in a new space and you're away from home and mom and dad aren't there and it's totally new and you kind of feel alone. It's like, well, let's go get drunk. It'll just take you right away from it. So there's, there's, there's always an emotion connected to the physical. And by the way, sometimes, Physical can, can cause emotions as well. There's like a feedback loop there, right? So everything everything revolves on a circuit of homeostasis, which, which you both know, right? From functional medicine and, and even functional diagnostic nutrition, the body's always trying to achieve homeostasis, which is like this peaceful middle calm. So if there's any system in, in the body that is um, pulling us out of homeostasis, it's gonna be screaming to get us back into it. And so that can happen physically, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally.
1: Yeah. So what have you found to be the most helpful tools, especially for a beginner um, to work on self-love?
0: Yes. What we did right here, everyone can, can do that practice. Um, and I went fairly quick, you know, where we did the breathing. The big thing here is I'll say you, you do the inventory, you feel it, you allow yourself to feel it. Like the 10 things you love, the 10 things you hate, circle the one, circle the one, feel it, then do specific breath work. And we have a lot of different breath work that we um, have for our clients in the Breathe Breath and Wellness program where there's the daily meditative breath, which is like, you know, it's around three to seven minutes, sometimes leading up to 21 minutes, where it's really about grounding you and about clearing you open. Um, A lot of people that struggle with meditation, it's actually a really powerful thing to do breath work first. Because when you're breathing, we're turning off the default mode network. And, and essentially what I could share about the default mode network is we have this frontal cortex, the posterior cortex, and we have the amygdala. There's a few other things in there, but those three um, beautiful things, I don't want to demonize them. They're, they keep us alive. They keep us safe. Those three things are constantly scanning for threat. I mean, even right now, even during this podcast, all of us have had moments where our default mode network has been switched on. But you know what turns off the default mode network? What turns off the default mode network is heart connection or focused attention. Focused attention turns off the default mode network because um, if you look at the PET scans and and the science scans of the default mode network, when you're consciously performing a task that's goal-oriented, the racing monkey mind shuts down. This is why people with ADHD and and, and children that have be- behavioral problems, the first thing that any holistic practitioner should do is start getting them on a water, food, and movement program immediately before they ever consider pushing pills down their throat. I mean, these poor kids, they're just getting pulled into a system that's fundamentally fucking broken. And it's just keeping people sick on a perpetual cycle in the name of commerce, in the name of growth, and in, in the name of year over year growth, which isn't serving anyone. So um, the question was what? <laughs> <laughs> I
1: love it. Um, Self love practices. That's right.
0: Yeah. Okay, thank you. <laughs> you you know I'm just like passionate about this stuff because I um, no one's no one's really gotten it yet on a grand scale. There's people like like us that are getting these messages and that believe in it. We have so much program the very same thing, and this is for anyone listening and watching. The very same thing that you may feel resistance to what I'm saying is the very belief that is being triggered to change. So I've said anything at all where you're like, this dude sounds like a hippie or this dude sounds kind of woo woo or like (laughs) watch that part of yourself, like watch that part of your mind, your intellect, your default mode network that has kept you alive and that has kept you safe and that has maybe gotten you a PhD on the love, love that thing. It keeps you, it keeps you safe. It keeps you moving forward. But also, are you truly happy with the results of your life? And are you truly happy with our collective society? If not, like listen to what I'm saying. Because that's, that's why it's coming out of me. And that's why it maybe resonates with you. Um, so going back to the self-love, the, the whole part of this is inventory. The reality is, and that I constantly get lessons on, is that all we actually are is love. And it's like, as I say it, my intellect can understand it. But my heart, my head to heart connection flutters sometimes in that understanding, because sometimes I'll be like, wow, I'll go for a while and I'll just understand like, hmm, well, all three of us are the same, I, that you're just a unique expression of God experiencing God or of, or of energy experiencing energy. And um, that's pretty awesome, right? That we're all the same and you're just a unique point of consciousness that's experiencing itself on this rock in the middle of outer space that's lit by an orb in the sky. You ever think about that? Like kind of crazy that we're even here. So um, the self-love quotient on this is is it is a practice of daily surrender and of awareness. And that sounds super advanced, but it's not. Actually, it's really simple. But again, it's not easy because daily practice and awareness. The reason that's challenging is because life is very complex and complicated And so we might have our whole healing modality planned out for three quarters and we might have everything listed on a paper and and how we're going to heal and how we're going to love ourselves. And then your kid throws up on your lap or your (laughs) your son gets in a car accident or you lose a job or life is bringing you. and, And actually what's even more crazy, and I don't wish this upon anyone, but anytime I've ever had a monstrosity of challenge, it is the universe forcing me to grow or Forcing me to retract, like like you had asked before. Like maybe I don't want to have my dream. Maybe I don't want to lose weight. And there's no shame in that choice either. There's absolutely no shame in that choice. I'm not here to shame anyone. Um, you you make the change to love yourself um, in a daily practice of surrender and awareness when you're ready, not because I say so. You do it because you're ready.
2: Yeah. So you mentioned breath work as one of those things. We we did a little bit of an exercise here with that as well. So can you tell yes. us more about breathe and why you started it and what you think it it's so beneficial for?
0: I think it's beneficial because um, there's there's both science and spirit that back it up, and also in my own life, I have a a tattoo on my arm and it says "se posso respirare, posso scegliere," and "se posso respirare, posso scegliere" means in Italian it means if I can breathe, I can choose, I can choose to love someone, if I go like this, <sighs> if I can just take a deep breath and not be in my trigger, going back to the, the, I guess you could say the lens of emotion and emotional inventory. It's like, if I'm feeling an emotion, well, then my feeling is a guidepost to my energy and motion in my body. And as I mentioned before, the energy can come from internal or external that triggers us. I would say most of the times it comes internally, by the way because life is always going to bring us stress, you know, but it's temporary. What makes people saturate themselves in long-term stress and long-term self-hatred where self-love can't get in is when people don't breathe. Because the very first thing that we do, like imagine this, all of us are in a car and we're driving down the road and someone literally sideswipes us, takes out our light and we almost crash. What do you, what's the first thing that you do when that happens?
2: Taking a big, deep breath.
0: Uh You probably go like this. (gasps) Yep. And you hold your breath. It's because that is our our fight or flight system that I love and that is here for us to serve us. Um making us aware of the threat of death. And so it's like all right that's that's a good thing. Like we want we want to be friends with that thing, but we want it to be the slave. We don't want it to be our master. And so husbands, wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, work, finance, all these things can bring in that same <gasps> feeling at times. And so if we're not connected and living in our body, then we can't ever like take a deep breath and then love them or find a solution with them or connect with them because we're too busy being a slave to ourselves. And the reason that's important is because there's a biological aspect to this too, right? We have four diaphragms. Um, we have the perineum we have the diaphragm at our, at our belly. And then we have our main diaphragm, which is like a dome shaped diaphragm behind the solar plexus. And then we actually have another diaphragm in our throat and then the top of our head. So we have four diaphragms and those diaphragms circulate fluid throughout our body. And scientifically, when you take a big deep breath, the reason why it feels so good to do this and fill your belly so that your diaphragm expands is because when you do that, it is activating a vagal nerve, the vagus nerve that runs from the back of the cranium all the way down the spine and it innervates on the backside of the diaphragm. And it also wraps around the endocannabinoid system. This is why we, we have um, cannabidiol in our program. And it also wraps around our enteric nervous system. And the enteric nervous system is the nervous system of the gut. So we have the enteric nervous system, the central nervous system, the vagus nerve, which is like a, a big lever that we can pull. And the, the system for cannabinoids, all these systems, right? The automatic, the, the, the enteric and the ECS, they all work together to either calm us or make us fight or flight. And so it, again, it's like, it really is simple, but the complexity and the challenge is like, okay, well, how do we train ourselves to use these, the breath and the cannabinoids that we can use them in a time where it really matters. And that's the training. Um, this is why baseball players or volleyball players, they do like millions of swings, millions, because it really matters during the game when they execute it. Well, it's the same thing with your breath training. We've all been breathing from our, um, we've been shutting off our diaphragm and we've been breathing through our, our cervical, basically for our whole lives. And we learned it when we were young. This is the crazy part. I love our parents. And I know we all have a, a, a part in our heart that, We love them and we're thankful that we're here because of them, but they learned it from their parents as we talked about earlier. And everyone is breathing like this. They're forward flex, they're kyphotic, they're they're, um, retracted here in their chest. And so everyone is essentially breathing not from their diaphragm. And if you look at the um, cadaver of the actual vagus nerve, the majority of the innervation is down near the gut then that's why it's such a big deal. And I learned this from Dr. Belisa Vranich, by the way, she wrote a book about this. Um, when we're innervating the gut and we're pressing the diaphragm into the ECS in that system, the endocannabinoid system and also the enteric nervous system, when we're doing this on a scientific basis, we're actually scientifically relaxing ourselves as if we needed a scientific explanation for it. But it is pretty cool to know.
1: Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. So um, can you... T- like talk through the program a little bit. What, yeah. um, how is it structured? What can people expect?
0: So the the beautiful thing is this, um, Charles Duhigg and Gretchen Rubin and Nir Ayal and, and all of these behavior change specialists they they all essentially say the same window. It's between 21 to 66 days for some kind of a habit to catch. And so I thought about that and I was like, all right, If you can fortify your, your new breathing behavior, your new breathing training in three weeks, then I think it's going to be up to you if you want to continue or not. And you have the highest rate of success because 66 days is a pretty big commitment. 21 is like a more feasible commitment. So I built the program. It's called breathe breath and wellness because breath is the door. Wellness is the home. So we live in wellness, so we breathe and and then that allows us to eat and move and sleep. And then once we're eating, moving, sleeping, and breathing, then we can start taking an inventory of what I call the BTFA loop. And this is belief, thoughts, feelings, and actions. So those seven pillars are put together and that allows us to really understand why we are triggered and why we go to certain spaces Um, of anger and frustration in our lives, either with ourselves or other people. And so the program is 21 days. We learn about the meditative breathing. We learn about the acute stress breathing and that's like um, stage fright, um, maybe a fight with your partner, maybe something's going on. You need to calm down right now. There's breathing practices that we have for like acute stress moments. And then we also guide people to cathartic journeys and cathartic journeys is the third phase of breathing where people can actually do 30, 60, 90 minute long journeys with conscious connected breathing. Can I share about the two types of breathing too? Is yeah. that okay? Yeah. So, so the two types of breathing that we all do, there's actually only two ways we breathe. We either do a box breath or we do a circular breath. That's it. There's many other ways to breathe, but essentially you're either breathing in a circle or you're breathing in a box. Right. So even if you're doing a double inhale, you're still holding and you're still exhaling. So you're still essentially drawing a box. And so here's a circular breath. I'm just breathing and no stopping, right? It's a circular breath. And then here's a box breath. I'm drawing a box with my breath, right? Inhale, hold, exhale, hold. The, the circle in the box, there's a certain time to use those and there's a certain time to not. And that's the cool thing about breath work and about the breathe program is we actually show people when it's appropriate based on science, of course, but also based on our, our beta group and the people that have gone through the program. Because it's such a big deal that we don't just go like this. <laughs> that's not breathing, right? I mean, it can be helpful. If you're actually having a panic attack, that's why um, psychologists have people breathe into a bag because you need to do breath of fire. If you're ever having a panic attack, that's, that's real. But for the rest of us, there's, there's alternate nostril breathing. There's um, cyclical conscious connected breathing. There's box breathing with breath retention. I mean, there's, there's really cool stuff in the program and I guide people how to integrate into their lives and it's guided. And so, you know, you can go through it at your own pace. and, And then of course, if you need accountability, like I'm here, right. So that's the cool part of the whole thing. Um, And I built it from three years of travel. And, you know, the reason why I got this, this tattoo on my arm is because I suffered from crazy anxiety pretty much all the way up until I launched the podcast. And even during the management of this podcast, I've still had anxiety pop up. I think really what anxiety is, is just my excitement and my kind of wanting to be safe in the future. Right and and i think it, we all experience that and we all experience depression too it's just to the degree that how can we pull ourselves out of it with that autonomic lever of breath how can we use controlled respiration to not be a slave to depression or slave to anxiety like that's that's really why i brought uh why i launched the program
1: yeah i love and- it because it's something that once you learn it like it's free it's just like it's, it's there free. For you whenever you need it. Exactly. It's not Like now, I have to pay Josh more money for the next step, and then you know, <laughs> five nope, years it's down free, the road.
0: I <laughs> mean, we we update things. Like we'll put in new modules and 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 we'll give more education. But it's all it's not like you have to buy more of it. It's yeah. you already bought it once. And also, I love what you said too. It is free, but but the the challenge for any of us, you know, when we get anything, is are we using it? There's a space between knowing and doing.
2: And why, why focus on breath? Because you have, you know, all of this experience and you, you know, you have a whole organization that talks about a lot of different wellness things. Why breath specifically? Why was that the most important thing to focus on?
0: Because when you are beat down to your knees and literally all you can do is like either cry or just be in your emotion, the only thing that can transcend you and can carry you on is your breath. That's all that we have. Yeah. And what's even more fascinating, and there's a guy that's name is Coot Blackson. I don't know if you've heard of his work. He, um, he asked me a question once on a show. He was like, you know, you're not breathing yourself, right? And I was like, what do you mean? Because <laughs> I used to be very analytical, which I still am because I like, I like science because I think there's a part of science that keeps us safe. But I think, unfortunately, right now, science is being used as a god and science is being used against people but he told me he's like you're not breathing yourself and I was like what and he's like he's like something else is breathing you there's a higher power there's a there's a there's a divine intelligence there's something in this world that breathes you it's the same way that on our heart you know there's the SA node that creates the spark but nobody knows why the SA node sparks That's why you can take a heart out of someone else and put it in someone else and the heart beats in someone else. Have we ever stopped to like, (laughs) like, to like actually think about the craziness of life and how just incredibly beautiful and crazy it is at the same time. So you asked me like, why the breath? Why now? It's because it's the only thing that we can be in communion with and we can control. It's the only thing. There's nothing in this world that we can be in communion with and control like the breath. We can't beat our own heart. We can't digest our own food. We just can't, we can control our, our, what thoughts we indulge in. We can control how we breathe. That's it. And, and of course the breath alters the thoughts as well, because breath turns down the default mode network as I talked about earlier. So anyways, all the, all these things come together for the answer to your question that, that truly like if we can breathe, then we can choose, but if we can't choose, then we're probably not breathing. And if we're not breathing, then we're a slave to our emotions. And when we're a slave to our emotions, we're a slave to the people that dangle the puppeteer strings in our society that say, if women aren't beautiful, they're nothing. If men don't have six figures in their bank account, they're nothing. And it is all fucking bullshit. Everything is sold to you to keep you small and keep you buying our shit so you can keep adding into a program that's broken at its core level. And we all are fed up with it. And that's why people are getting sick and looking in the mirror. And so the breath leads us to that awareness.
1: Love it. Yes, I do. Okay. So we want to be mindful of your time. I could literally talk to you for hours. This is great. <laughs> um, but um, we've talked about so many great things. So you can even you know, go back to some of those things that we've already talked about. But somebody who's newer into this wellness world. Yes. There is a lot out there and within wellness and there's some false gurus and there's a lot of BS and there's also a lot of things that people may think are BS and they maybe just need to drop their ego. But what would you say with your, you know, over 17 years of experience in the wellness world? top three tips for somebody who is wanting to really either start or, or continue on a strong journey towards well-being?
0: Well, first of all, just do what I just did <laughs> because then I can give you a real answer. Um, the best way to do this is Take an honest pause and just be real with yourself without judgment, without shame of where you are. Just do that first. There's nothing else you have to do besides that. Because that's, and I can even feel it right now, that's what closes the space between the head and the heart. It's just an acknowledgement of the truth. And then you can actually just operate from where you are. But if if you don't do that, then you're going to search for Um, lots of information and evidence of how you might um, intellectually move forward or intellectually heal. But until you close that space between your head and your heart, and I gave you the tool on this podcast, and that's honestly a beautiful start. It's a beautiful start. From there, you can do more advanced journaling and you can work with people and stuff like that. You know, trauma release therapists, emotional intelligence professionals. But until you at least know where you are, you you can't go anywhere. It's like trying to do Google Maps with no um, home destination. Doesn't know how to get you anywhere. So that's the number one thing. And then the number two thing is be extremely mindful, have a mindfulness practice of who is in your space. And I don't just mean people, I mean like especially this thing, right? It is the number one. It is the number one attack on human consciousness right now. Of course, it allows us to connect. It allows people to connect with us. but if we're not careful, It can be like um, the kids in Pinocchio being led to the island. Like, that's essentially what this phone is. We're all swiping at the grocery store. We can't go three fucking minutes without being on our phone. It's killing relationships, it's killing marriages, it's killing health, it's killing our eyes. And I'm guilty of it sometimes as well. But I'm talking about it, I'm mindful about it. I'm not shaming anyone, I'm not shaming myself. I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm upset because remember, Frustration and, and anger is a lot more powerful than despair. I could either go, yeah, forget about it. I'm just gonna be on my phone all the time. Yeah, they got us. Forget about it. That's that's the lowest level of vibration. And you can measure this. Robin Openshaw does some good work on her book, Vibe, about this. And also, science can resonate the hurts of anything. You can do muscle testing, which there's there's still some interesting science on muscle testing. I don't know if I'm a hundred percent on muscle testing or not. I still have like some scientific method to go there. But, but that's the number two is be super mindful of who is in your space. Like, obviously you two have a shared love for communication and and you want to put out great messages in the world. And that's why it feels so fun to talk with you. But there's a lot of people in our lives that don't give a shit. They just, they want to have their beer. They want to have their fried chicken wings. They want to go watch sports on a TV in an empty stadium. They want to wear a mask and, and get angry at you and you don't wear a mask and they want to force their beliefs onto you and not give you the choice of freedom. And um, that's a virus, right? Um, people can be a virus just like viruses can be a virus. <laughs> and that's really what we're that's what we're dealing with. So that's number two, be super mindful of who's in your space and and really judge who's in your space off of what direction you're going in. Like if you're a a functional medicine practitioner or you're a wellness coach or you're a therapist and you're hanging out with people that actually not even don't like what you do, but maybe they don't believe in what you do. It's a clear sign. You, you don't get to hang out with them anymore. You don't get to share your dreams with them anymore because they, that will kill your chi and your life force faster than anything else you could imagine. And so that's number two. Uh, Number three is find something that you absolutely love in your life, whether it's coaching or podcasting or or breath work or walking in the sun, just find something, fishing, hiking. I mean, there's there's literally like thousands of things you could love and give yourself the permission to try as many different things as you can before you find something that kind of like tugs on your soul and your heart and just do that. Just do that as much as you possibly can. Because I forgot who said this. I think it was like ancient Chinese wisdom. I may butcher it a little bit. If you want to defeat evil, the best thing you can do is focus on the good. You can't fight evil by like being angry at evil. And that's what feeds evil. That's what feeds negativity is is anger and frustration. And and there's a time and a place for those strategically. But if you really want to be well, you have to be aware of what's causing you pain and you have to have the courage to be curious and the courage to do the things that are going to fill you up. So those are the the three things I think you should start with.
2: Oh, I love it. That's perfect. I mean, you've dropped so many bombs of wisdom that <laughs> I can't even count them all. So we'll definitely put them all in the show notes. Cool. So cool. then last question, unless you have any, mm-hmm. okay. Last question, where can people find you? Where can they find the breathe program if they want to learn more?
0: Yes. You know, this has been so much fun. Like I don't normally do this, but I want to give your audience, um, half off the program, (laughs) (laughs) which is like, we're coming up to like a holiday period anyways. And I feel like, man, this is the time to be generous for all of us to just be generous. So, um, I'll put a code in. And so for the listeners, let's, let's do no BS 50. So no BS 50, you can get half off the program and you can go to breathwork.io. And just use that code NOBS50 um, in all caps. And then it's at breathwork.io. So if you want to be in the program and you can go through the program guided by me. And then if you want at the end of the program, you can decide like, do I need to spend time with Josh or do I got this? You know, you can make the decision (laughs) for yourself. So that's that's like my gift for just having such a great conversation. Um, But if you want to learn about the podcast, just go to wellnessforce.com. You can search wellnessforce online and it's wellnessforce pretty much everywhere. Um, if you're paleo minded within our media house, we also have a brand called civilized caveman and it's where we give out recipes and, and um, it's like more paleo focused, a lot of things for like AIP and and different immune disorders, resources and, and cooking for them too. So um, yeah, that's, that's where you find me. And, and thanks for the great questions. Like I, that's why I love podcasting. Cause I really get to learn from other people, you know, yeah, for the questions yeah. that they ask.
2: Yeah. yeah. we love this conversation too it's definitely um, a shared feeling so thank you so much for for coming on for spending more time than we even had allowed we really appreciate it yes thank
0: you thanks for having me
2: thank you so much
0: thanks for listening to the show my friend everything you learned on this podcast starts with your morning practices so from over 300 world-class guests we pulled together six simple yet powerful morning practices down into a 21-minute system guaranteed to increase your vibration and the way that you feel every day Get this free powerful guide over at wellnessforce.com forward slash M21. And if you love this show, share it with somebody. Share it with somebody that you love or that you care about. You can support the show easily by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. Just go to wellnessforce.com forward slash review. Or if you're on your phone, just tap it. Hit the link in purple that says review this podcast. And the journey does not stop here. We're continuing this discovering process in our private Facebook group over at wellnessforce.com forward slash group. You can be a part of it. You already are. All you have to do is join us at wellnessforce.com forward slash group and I will welcome you at the door. Now go out into your life and live your life well. And until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness.